Are you a business-to-business -business sales leader looking to lead your sales team to new heights? You've come to the right place. Welcome to the Purpose Driven Sales Podcast. Hello, my name is Josh Sweeney, and I am joined by my co-host, Taylor Barnes. Taylor, how are you today? I am doing well. I'm slightly nervous for our listeners. You know why? Why is that? Because one day they're going to have to change their territories. And that's a big deal. It might not sound like a big deal, but it is. So I think that's a good topic to discuss today. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen the same thing. You know, I've seen it where a sales rep, I, I was actually in the room with a client years ago and they changed the rep territory that he had just spent three years building mm -hmm. up and now they wanted him to go start again because he was such a successful rep. And yeah. I'm like, man, that looks tough. And, and that rep was not happy. No, so, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we, you see that a lot of different, for, you see that a lot of different reasons, which we're going to go into today. I mean, what, what a bummer or, you know, it, or it could be maybe exciting for some folks, but, it, but change is going to be inevitable as it is in any sales driven organization, any, or any organization that does purpose driven sales or purpose driven growth is going to need to adapt when it comes to territory and coverage and support within areas as they scale. Yeah. And that's really the, uh, the sales leaders challenge for today is, you know, as the business grows and as the sales leaders that are listening here, their, their teams grow, the territories need to adapt with the change. And that's going to have an ability on the teams, uh, uh, on the team's ability to execute. And, uh, it's also could have a profound impact on your sales reps and their psyche and mm -hmm. how they perceive that. And that's exactly right. And that's, and that's some of the stuff that I wanted to, to talk to you about as well, Josh, because I know you've recently seen this. Well, when territories has a profound impact on salespeople, some reasons that this happens. So, so let me ask you to start. What is a reason that you think this has a profound impact on a sales rep psyche? Uh, well, the first one is really just their their belief that they own those accounts, mm -hmm. and and a lot of times this also comes from the time that they've spent in that role. So, as the story, you know, like the story I just shared, you know, when somebody spent all this time building up a territory, they're now successful. They got commissions coming in from that territory, and now you're going to make the switch on them. The fear kicks in, right? Can I do it again? Do I want to do it again? Is this again? against me, you know, mm -hmm. so, so there's a big challenge that comes in where all of a sudden their psyche, their mental, you know, mental toughness might wane for a little bit in that situation. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I know, you know, I know from that they've, you know, they've built up that territory. So they believe that they own those accounts, but mm -hmm. I know you have a pretty, a different perspective on, on who owns those accounts. What yeah, is that? yeah, I do. I, I do. And I mean, and I hope people hear me, you know, hear me clear here. Organizations own the accounts. Organizations let their salespeople supplement their income and build relationships by leveraging those accounts. And, and I think that's important. This is not designed to be a you don't own it, I own it moment. It's designed so where you can set the expectation and make sure that as we, as sales leaders, potentially pivot and move you elsewhere, it's not that you're giving up an account that you own. We are moving you into a position that we think is best for the organization because the organization is the one that owns the accounts. 
And, and it's tough to explain that sometimes, Josh, because a lot of sales reps, as you can imagine, that's my account. You've heard it a million times. That's her account. That's his account. That's my account. And it, it's one of those things where it, it, sales leaders have to flip that on, on, on its head a little bit. And possibly it could be a really good, you know, arrow to keep in your quiver when you are having these conversations with some of these sales reps. Because the last thing that you want them to do during, during moments like this is get up and leave, right? That's the last thing you want. Yeah, you definitely don't want them walking out being angry because of the change. And we see it all the time. Like you said, with the, this falls into play with a lot of sales reps that get comped on new deals and our account managers, right? They're in a little bit of a mm-hmm. dual role. Um, I know, for example, we implemented a CRM for an organization where they had very siloed little fiefdoms, right? Each, each part of the sales team uh, went out to these other government organizations and they all thought they owned the account. But then when yep. we started unifying the data, we started finding out, well, you think you own it, but so do three other people because all three <laughs> exactly. of them have actually sold to that same group or, or yep. literally spoke to that same person last week. And, you know, just right. because of the, the way things were broken up, you know, they didn't know that they all took part in that account. Same thing yep. with support and operations. There's lots of people yep. that ensure that that account is successful, not just one person. Yep. Yeah. And you know, one reason that I heard as well, um, you know, maybe the third reason that this happens, how, how it has an impact on some sales rep psyche. And this is actually the one that I, that I actually like the most from a, from a, from a sales rep's point of view, it just shows how much they care is, is they care about potentially losing or jeopardizing the relationship that they've built with the individual or the individuals at that organization. And I think that's a really, really good argument, quite honestly, uh, from the sales rep's point of view. Um, and, and, and perhaps, uh, and perhaps it's actually unhooked some, some territory changing ideas because it is such a good argument. Uh, but I will say that look, I understand that one, but that's, that's a, that's a big reason. The, the, the individual salespeople that say, I'm about to lose this relationship. I'm about to, you know, uh, I, I, I've got a friend now, someone that we trust, someone that was taking me with them. That's another reason why that could have a real big impact on, on their psyche. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, because when you spend all the time to build up those relationships, that's also where a lot of your new referrals come from, right? Think about it as if you're if you're a sales rep that goes out and does networking events, you stay in the same association for a long time mm-hmm. so that when somebody hears a certain trigger, they think, oh, I need to call Taylor, I need to call Josh, right? right? And when you, you're basically just ripping them right out of there, right? And it's the same yeah. thing for a territory or an industry or a vertical, you know, they've built those long-term relationships, which again, makes it harder to go build a new territory right. because all their referral network is gone as well in that case. Right. And look, again, this is not a very, very fun conversation to have at the individual account manager level. However, it's a great conversation to have at the organizational level because if you are making these types of changes, then most likely you are scaling in the right way. So I want to encourage all the sales leaders out there that these types of difficult conversations that you might have to have, remember, this is about the brand. This is about the organization. The brand lives on regardless of who's running it. So don't be afraid to have some of these conversations because it's in the best interest of where the, the business is growing and the way that it's scaling. But we do want, you know, as part of the show, it's always, it's always good to know what you're walking into. So when you get some, some, you know, some pushback, expect it because as Josh mentioned, 
you're going to have some protectiveness. People think they own the accounts. They've just worked at it for a long time. They might have just built up a territory over three years, which is now being adjusted. And they might be, in their minds, losing a relationship, losing a friend, someone that's uh, that, that's no longer going to be there for them to to walk them into other opportunities. So, so there is legitimate pushback from sales reps. Now, one thing that I want to hear your thoughts on, Josh, because I know you've done this with your people, as I've done with with, with my people, is what are some ways that we can coach and, and encourage these sales reps to do it? What are some what are some solutions that we can offer that that might have uh, that that might give these sales leaders a, a better way of getting through this? Yeah. So for solutions, I like a little more of carrot and a little less stick. So I would say <laughs> giving them the incentives to attack a new territory, right? Mm. If they're going to have to start from scratch and build out a new territory and, and go back through that process, you know, there's all kinds of ways we can incentivize them with, we can offset their base pay a little bit more while they're building up the territory. Uh, we can accelerate some commissions. We can give them a, a higher growth opportunity maybe this is a legitimately bigger opportunity. Mm -hmm. So we're really selling it as not only selling it, but we're creating a new opportunity for that rep. Yeah. That solution, I think you need to understand what type of rep this is right there. It may be, it may be a younger rep that feels like, okay, they really want to go take on this challenge. Whereas if you have a rep that's been around for a longer period of time, they may not want to go through that anymore, right? They may mm -hmm. be, they may be happy with the, where they're at and it impacts their family and travel and, and they're not really interested in that. So I like to take that carrot approach and say, how can we, how can we structure the incentives to where there's this tremendous upside for them and it doesn't feel as much of a risk for them? Yeah. Uh, what are some things that you're seeing? Yeah, I, I first off, I, I totally agree with that one because look, let, let's be practical about this. That's the language that they're speaking. How is this going to hit me in the wallet, right? How is this change going to hit me in the wallet? And and look, that that's a really good way of doing it. Now, as a sales leader, I I want to I want to caution everybody here. You need to do your homework. You need to do your homework on possible commission structures that are going to make sense for your organization. You need to do your homework on the market saturation or general presence in certain areas. If you're going to put individuals out there, you want to make sure that this isn't just a bunch of cool, you know, stuff on paper. You're going to really want to do your homework. So, so I, I do like what you said, Josh, but as a warning for everybody, make sure to do your homework. There's another, there's another thing that, that we use a lot. We pretty much do this anytime that we transition a salesperson out of their territory into something else is we give them a split commission over time on that previously existing territory of theirs. And, and look, that's a very, you know, uh, uh, good kind of give and take, you know, right there, obviously the incentive packages too, but let's say that I've got, you know, uh, John who I'm moving out of, uh, North America and I'm moving him into Europe and I've got Sam that's moving into North America. What I'm saying specifically is that I will have, and I will have a conversation with Sam part of this package that you're getting by moving into North America means that for the next one year, you're giving 25% of this commission to John, who is basically setting you up for a load of success in North America based on the work that he has just put in. It's a very fair thing to ask. I have, I've rarely ever seen an argument here. Uh, and, um, and, and that's just a really good hack. So rather than the, than the true rip and replace and just kind of, you know, uh, just general introduction, what, what the benefit of that is, is now John is going to help Sam 
with these introductions, help him with some of this transition. And now you've got a rep and a rep working together in the best way to transition. And I can tell you, Josh, as a sales leader, nothing makes that transition better when you've got your reps working together throughout it and uh, understanding that they're going to share some of the commissions that come as a result of it. Yeah, because I mean, if the person leaving the territory built that up, you know, they get continued commissions. They really, like you said, they want to help them. They want to help transition the relationships where, mm-hmm. you know, if they're only comped and they don't get a split commission on going and building their other ones, they're like, hey, hey, man, you have at it. Like I did all the work. You should just be able to take care of it, you know, and they may not be as much of a team player as they could be with those split commissions. Yep, I agree. I agree. And then again, I mean, my my, my last point to Having, look, you're going to have your hands full, sales leader. You're going to have your hands full during this process. What you want to do as best as possible is leave the, the relationship in the hands of the salespeople that are, that are transitioning out. So if I am leaving a territory and I've got a great relationship, and then I simply introduce with a, with, with a positive undertone someone new that's going to be helping them and guarantee that that they're going to take great care of them that that it's so much better from the customer's point of view rather than hearing like an executive vice president come in there and say well well John's not going to help you anymore now it's going to be Sam have a good day you know there's something so much better about that when when it when it lives at the relationship level so that that's a big one another one Josh that I really really like is if I'm moving some you know if I'm moving a sales individual from one location to another I want to make sure that they know that he or she knows this isn't a punishment. This is, this is, this is by design. It's, it's being intentional as an organization. It's putting the right people in the right place to make everybody benefit, the individual and the organization. Because if I value someone's talent, skill set, maturity, tenure, whatever it is, and I have, I have grandiose visions of penetrating a different area of the world or of the United States, well, then I want to put somebody there that I'm going to trust in order to do that. So it's not a punishment. What it is, is a compliment. It's a compliment because our vision as an organization is to scale and to move in these other territories. And we want you, Mr. or Mrs. Salesperson to be the tip of the spear. You know what I mean? Yeah, most definitely. And I think of uh, the old saying of like a victim of your own success, right? you know, like, cause I see <laughs> yeah. this a lot of times where it's like, well, you're really, you did a really good job. Now go start over here. And it's like, no, no, I didn't do a good job. So I could start over, yep. you know? And so yep. the person has to buy into that or want that and, and make sure it's the right person that doesn't feel like it's a punishment, doesn't feel like they're a victim of their own success. And now they totally. have to go, they have to double down for another three years to do <laughs> it right. again. You That's know? right. Kind of like as uh, it's kind of like as sales managers. I mean, if we, if, or especially as founders, we want to work our way out of a job. Exactly. You know? We want to yeah. work our way out of a job so that by the time that I have worked my ass off to make sure that this organization is banging on all cylinders that they don't even need me. Right. Yeah. That's and how that's, you know it's a smooth running sales that's machine. How you know right? you nailed like, it. Exactly. like it's not that you don't need me there as a sales manager. It's that I put in the time and effort to make this a well-oiled machine. Yep. And you want to keep that well-oiled machine going. That's yeah. exactly right. Yep. Yeah. And if so you've the, done that, you've 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 done what you've done really well. So so Josh, um we talked a lot about, uh, you know, moving people from one location to another. We've talked about transitioning. Um, when, when we experience um, uh, territorial scale issues and, and as we try to manage to it, 
There's another way that I think is, is a pretty good you know, solution to doing this. And it doesn't involve moving people. It involves hiring people. So have you, have you seen a situation where instead of moving, you, you kind of pivot on the idea and you just hire people within region instead of moving? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I think everybody in a leadership position has been and seen and observed the situation where it's harder to get the people that have been around a long time to do something new than it is to just put somebody new in that place. So, you know, people really stick to the old way of doing things. They remember what's tried and true for true for them. And I think it's the same thing when it comes to hiring for a territory. You know, instead of causing all the issues around this, you can get somebody in the territory, maybe that's from there, that lives there, loves that region, whatever it is. And then you're bringing on a new sales rep and you don't have to deal with a lot of the things that mm-hmm. we just talked about. What you would have to deal with in that situation is educating and growing a new rep and really getting them going. And yeah. um, the good thing is, is you can also, it's a, it's a very nice refresh point for if you want new training, if you want new tools, if you want them to do things a little bit differently, you have that fresh body in place yep. uh, that you can really grow and take action with. You know, it's really funny to hear you say that. And, um, and candidly, it's not exactly uh, relating to, <laughs> to, to the territory talk, but I can't tell you how many new salespeople we hire and I don't let them near the old guard. Nowhere <laughs> near them. You know what I mean? And that is 100% by design why we have marketing coach the individual first and not sales. Uh, so it's just funny to hear you say that. Um, and, you know, look, I mean, practically speaking, if we're going to hire somebody instead of moving somebody into a region, we're going to hire somebody within region. One of the benefits and one of the lever points that you might be able to pull here is by having them live in that region. Like you mentioned, somebody local. Uh, that's huge, right? Because, you know, just personally speaking, we've got an Atlanta-based organization and a lot of Atlanta-based, you know, sales folks that, that, that have different regions all over the world. But if I want to move into a different area, like in Eastern Europe, well, <laughs> what better way to hire somebody in Eastern Europe, you know, and take advantage of the local language, the culture, obviously the time zones. And that's a drastic example of scale. Uh, but it's another, it's also a very practical way of going about it. So, it's not that you need to put your best talent, you know, in the most perfect place every single time. Another solution for you is to hire people for a new region instead of transitioning and moving someone out. Yeah, most definitely. So with that, the final question we want you to think about is how do you think your sales team is going to react when you have to make a territory change? I love it. Guys and girls, this has been Barnes and Sweeney. We are purpose-driven sales. Now go lead on purpose. Thank you for joining us on the Purpose Driven Sales Podcast. If you've enjoyed the content, the best thing you can do to support us is go out to iTunes and give us five stars so that we can continue to reach more sales leaders. 